Welcome to the Plot Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Cole, editor and publisher of Odessa Devs Magazine. The Plot is a co-production of Odessa Devs Magazine and the When It Was Cool Network. It's a sad topic today in that we're going to talk about the death of legendary football player Jim Brown. But despite the intro music, we're not going to be talking about his football career, although that may get touched on briefly. We're going to talk about Jim Brown's film career and mainly his exploitation films of the 1970s, although we will touch about some of the other things that he did both before and after. And because we're talking about exploitation films in the 1970s, please remember that we're going to be talking about the topics you can find in those films and the 70s and the language, even though we have used the bleep button to bleep out a word that you can expect to find in many exploitation movies. So if that's not your kind of thing, feel free to skip ahead and come back next week. Or if you're listening on the When It Was Cool Network, uh, listen to one of Carl's podcasts or somebody else's podcast. We'll be back in just a second. away on May 18th at the age of 87 in Los Angeles. To say he was a complex character is an understatement. You have all of his issues of domestic violence in the past, his civil rights work in the 60s, his work with gangs in the 80s and 90s, his long football career, arguably the best football player of all time, some say the greatest lacrosse player of all time, but we are going to concentrate on his acting career and more specifically a certain portion of it. People may not realize this, but Brown actually started his acting career while he was still playing in the NFL. He made a couple westerns, and then famously made The Dirty Dozen, and that's when his struggles with Art Modell came to a head, and he decided to retire after nine seasons and become a full-time actor. He did a bunch of things uh, after that, including the western 100 Rifles with Burt Reynolds and Raquel Welch, and The Split, which is definitely a movie people don't know about but should check out, which is based on a Parker novel, which is about a heist that he and a bunch of ga- his gang pull off at a football game in Los Angeles. That includes Diane Carroll, Ernest Borgnine, Gene Hackman, amongst others. But we're going to concentrate on Brown's exploitation film. Most notably, as you heard there before we came back from the break, Slaughter. Meat slaughter. You know what they say about these dudes? They all got rhythm. Jim Brown is slaughter. Welcome to the party. Well, I hope you're better with that knife than you were with that big black car. So I'm gonna jam it up here. 
Now, if you're still breathing, you better come on out here real slow. Jim Brown is Slaughter. It's not only his name, it's his business. I'm gonna lay this on you one time, baby. I'm gonna kill him. And anybody else that gets in my way. Cameron Mitchell is the man. Who the hell do you think you are? You killed a man tonight. That's murder one. You followed that with assault with a deadly weapon. Because if you pull another stunt like this, this is going to own you. Rip Torn is the mob. You're beautiful, Mario. But you're slow. I run this operation. You're too stupid to know it. Stella Stevens is the girl. Are you disappointed? No. That's good. To my health. You want him, don't you? Yes. Yes, I want him! You know what I'm gonna do for you? I'm gonna set you free. They all wanted slaughter. And they all got him. cat that ever walked the earth. Just from the trailer alone, you can see that this film has a number of what would be prototypical black exploitation elements. Your single male hero, in this case, Slaughter is a Vietnam vet and ex-Green Beret captain who is at war with the mob. The mob is a familiar foe for uh, the uh, heroes in the black exploitation films, whether it's whether they're private eyes or concerned citizens or army guys or what have you. So Rip Torn, the great Rip Torn is the crazy mob guy who orders the hit on Jim Brown's dad. He dies at the beginning of the film in a car bomb, so Jim Brown is out to get revenge, which ends up uh, the film is shot in Mexico, but it takes place in a unnamed South American country. Um, the Mexican government did not want their country named in the film when they saw what the plot was, even though the Mexican film studio has helped producing it along with famous low-budget uh, film studio American International Pictures. That's Samuel Arkoff for you in the know. Um, you have Stella Stevens as the mob girl who is being used to try and tempt Slaughter to either give up what he's searching for or maybe join up or whatever. And needless to say, the girl is always charmed, much like James Bond uh, is ch charms the, the evil femme fatale. He does that with Stella Stevens here. And you could hear in the thing that Rip Torn does not take kindly to that and beats her up. There's lots of car chases. There's lots of bombs. Uh, all kinds of thing. You heard Cameron Mitchell there. He's the one 
that recruited Brown to fight in this mission, he is represents the CIA. Although you notice in the trailer, they just call him the man. So Slaughter was actually a successful film, so much slow that there's actually a follow-up. Uh, in between the same year, in 1972, he made a film called, another ex- black exploitation film called Black Gun, with two N's because his name's Gun. But this one was actually made by Columbia Pictures, not one of the uh, low-budget studios. And that one, the mob villain, is played by former podcast subject Martin Landau, he of Mission Impossible and Ed Wood fame. Uh, we're not going to talk about Black Gun because it's not as well-known and there's other films I think we're going to talk about, which, like we said... Slaughter made enough money and had enough critical acclaim, such as it was for black exploitation films, that they made a sequel the very next year, and that's called Slaughter's Big Ripoff. And wait until you see who the bad guy is in this movie. Hey, all you jive hustlers, you stone foxes, you mean dudes, watch out, because Slaughter's back in town. Jim Brown is Slaughter, the baddest cat that ever walked the earth. Now, how would you like to be picking your teeth out of your lips? In Slaughter, he tore up the mob good. Now they want him there. I know what happened in Mexico. You you crossed up some, some big people. And they got a lot of friends up here who want to see you dead. Must have been some heavy dudes that tried to wipe the big man, huh? Now, I suggest you start looking for Slaughter. They wanted Slaughter dead. And now I got a big problem. It's one man. How bad can he be? They're gonna get Slaughter. Or get slaughtered. In Slaughter's big ripoff. Hey, what kind of action you got on your man, man? Heavy action, man. <laughs> knew you were cool. It's the map. Details on the safe. Everything you need. I should have known you 10 years ago, man. We'd have ripped off the whole world in a week. Jim Brown is Slaughter. Baddest cat that ever walked there. Ed McMahon as the big man. Don Stroud. Gloria Hendry. Dick Williams as Joe Creole, Brock Peters as Reynolds. Slaughter's Big Ripoff. It's hot. Congratulations to you if you said the mob villain in this movie was going to be Ed McMahon. This is 1973, mind you, the perhaps the peak of the Tonight Show, and Ed McMahon is playing a mafioso bad guy in a black exploitation film. Go figure. So, like sequels, uh, you have many of the same elements. This time, Slaughter is getting revenge on his best friend, 
who was killed at a party. You could hear it in the trailer. He is actually gunned down by a World War One biplane at, a, at an outdoor party that they're having at Brown's house. Brown gets revenge. Uh, he also now has a comedy sidekick who is a pimp named Joel Creole, played by Dick Williams and not the former Oakland A's and San Diego Padres manager. Uh, you've got Don Stroud. You've got the great Brock Peters, who is the uh, cop that befriends Slaughter. Gloria Hendry is his girlfriend who ends up being kidnapped, which, of course, leads Slaughter to go on a killing spree. You can well imagine everything that's going to happen in this film. The other notable thing about Slaughter's big ripoff is that the soundtrack was done by James Brown. Um, one of the key things about black exploitation that you may or may not know is the great funky soul music, whether it's Isaac Hayes and Shaft or Curtis Mayfield and Superfly, or as we heard earlier in the podcast, Billy Preston doing the Slaughter theme. Slaughter's big ripoff was done by James Brown. We're not going to play it. It's not nearly as well known as certainly the Shaft or the Shaft big score soundtrack by O.G. Davis or Curtis Mayfield and the last film that we're going to talk about. But certainly, you know, 1973, it's still a big deal to have your soundtrack done by James Brown. So, Brown will continue to make um, some black exploitation films uh, and then go on to do a lot of other stuff in television. But the last film that we're going to talk about came a year after Slaughter's Big Score and is arguably one of the more famous exploitation be- films because if there was a exploitation shared universe like we have with superhero movies, it would be this film, although they're not all playing the same characters, and that's... Three the hard way. Jim Brown. Fred Williamson. Jim Kelly. They've done it before on their own. But this one's too big to handle alone. You know, man... You come to town, I know there's going to be trouble. Brown, Williamson, Kelly, the big three, together for the first time, they do it their way. Three the hard way, three cities and three of us. My troubles are almost over. Going to kill us all. You see, we have a scientific institution here. They found a way. (laughs) Only us. Nobody else. The ultimate purpose is a cleansing, a purification of the races. You gotta stop. Here, brother, I'm ready. It's just me and Wonder Washer, baby. When the three of them get through with you. What makes you think the three of them will survive the next 24 hours? (laughs) 
coming at you. Yes. You asked me to secure a place for you in history. History is watching, waiting for your decision. This is your moment, Mr. Feather. Action explodes all over the place. When the big three join forces to save their race. What's happening? Why? Brown. Williamson. Kelly. Together for the first time. If Slaughter had many of the traditional black exploitation tropes, Three the Hard Way might be the black exploitation film that is full of the tropes that eventually became parodied later, including by some of the people in this movie themselves. So you have the three main characters who are Jim Brown, Fred the Hammer Williamson, who was another former football player who made black exploitation films where his name was Hammer, because that was his football name, and martial artist Jim Kelly, who was became famous for make for being in Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee film, and also right before this made a film called Black Belt Jones, where he's the hero and instead of being a private eye and whatnot, he's a martial arts instructor. Well in this one, Jim Brown is a record producer and Fred Williamson is a businessman. Jim Kelly, of course, is a martial artist. They come together because one of Brown's friends is killed by this evil white supremacist right-wing organization led by a man named Mr. Feather. And this is where we start getting into the ludicrous parody part, much like later 70s James Bond films. This evil white supremacist group has scientifically figured out a way to make a chemical that will kill black folk, and only black folk. So what what are they going to do? They're going to put it in the river supply. And where is that? Why, as you might imagine, Los Angeles, Detroit, and Washington, D.C., uh, three notorious uh, urban centers, certainly in 1970s America, for their congregation of African-American population. So each one of the guys goes off to each one of the cities to thwart their evil scheme. Meanwhile, um, they find this out by kidnapping one of the bad guys and is tortured, I kid you not, by a set of three dominatrixes, dominatrices, if you will, as the American Dream would say. Um, that's your gratuitous nudity. We did not mention earlier that black exploitation films, much like a lot of films, exploitation films in the 70s, are full of graphic and often completely irrelevant to the plot and nudity. That's what we get with the dominatrices here in the movie. Anyway, Jim Brown's girlfriend, Wendy, gets kidnapped. Um, Mr. Feather gets defeated. Everybody saves the day, as you might imagine. If this plot sounds familiar, that's because it's been parodied a couple different times. 
Um, if you ever saw the Eddie Griffin film Undercover Brother from the early 2000s, uh, it has a very similar plot where um, some evil white organization is going to kill off the black population with some kind of poison. And Chris Kattan's bad guy in that film is named Mr. Feathers, which is a tribute to Mr. Feather from Three the Hard Way. Uh, we mentioned the use of music in black exploitation films. You'll notice in that trailer, you heard the impressions a couple times. The impressions are actually in the film. As we mentioned, Jim Brown's character is a record producer, and one of the scene, you know, the you have your gratuitous metatextual use of the impressions playing in a record studio where Jim Brown is. That they did a bunch of songs in this film that charted. So like we said, Brown made a couple other films after this. Well, he made a lot of films after this, but he really did this was really sort of the peak of the black exploitation genre. Um he made a film in nineteen seventy eight which I would recommend seeing called Fingers, which was made by James Toback. This stars Harvey Keitel as a very young Harvey Keitel as a sort of uh, mentally unbalanced pianist. It's a very strange film, but it's definitely worth watching. And then Brown starts doing a lot of television in the 80s. Sort of like if you can name an action show, Brown was on it. He was on Chips, Knight Rider, T.J. Hooker, Cover Up, The A-Team, of course he was. He was in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of wrestlers like Toru Tunaka and Jesse the Body. You know, he goes on to, you know, he mentioned he was he was in uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, where he sort of parodies, you know, his black exploitation image. And Mars Attacks, he was in Any Given Sunday. And he continued to be, he was in Draft Day playing himself a few years ago. A lot of the films that we mentioned today, you can find streaming either for free or by renting. Some of them you can even find on YouTube, usually the lesser known ones you can probably find in full. There's a movie we did not want to even try to attempt to pull clips of that he made in 1970 called Tick, 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 which is a movie where he becomes a sheriff in a very racist southern town. You can just imagine how that goes and what a kind of language is in that. But uh, I would certainly recommend Slaughter. I would certainly recommend Three the Hard Way. Definitely recommend Split and Fingers and some of the other sort of bigger budget films that Brown may not be the star in, but, you know, still worth checking out. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Please check out the other podcasts in the When It Was Cool Network. Thanks for listening. Bye. We've got to make up.